0: I'm Danny Ruderman, and this is Extraordinary You, a podcast that shares inspiring stories of young people who've done incredible things and how they did it. Our guest today is 19-year-old Geneva Hayward, a video game designer who currently attends NYU on a full scholarship. While she was in high school, Geneva began programming nostalgic-feeling video games focused on themes that included the environment and inclusivity. Her first big game, Green Hero, went on to win the National STEM Video Game Challenge. Geneva, welcome to XU. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. So, I want to start with this question. Would you rather only be able to use a fork, no spoon, or only be able to use a spoon, no fork?
1: Oh my goodness. Um, I'd have to go t- with a fork, no spoon. Because, like, interesting. I mean, like, I feel like I can eat a lot of things without a spoon. Like, I don't know, like applesauce would be weird, but then it's like, I guess I'll just slurp it from the cup.
0: With no spoon. See, that's interesting because my, my brain immediately went to soup. I was like, fork, no, spoon, because you could sort of cut things with a spoon. But then again, steak would be really hard with a fork. So these are the probing questions that we ask on this, web, that, uh, this podcast. <laughs> these are the hard hitting investigative questions. So let's, let's start with uh, something a little bit more personal. Uh, tell me about your upbringing. How'd you grow up?
1: So I grew up in Queens, New York. I have four younger siblings all um, well, one of my siblings is like uh, literally a year younger, so I've just been like really close with all of them because we're not that far apart. Um, and my dad he would like fix computers sometimes and because of that there's always like electronics in the house and like he also mm. liked playing video games. So there are consoles in the house. And so that was video games have always been a part of my life since I was like three years old playing games on Disney Channel <laughs> or like playing on the GameCube with my siblings. It's been great.
0: That's awesome. So did you have every game console available to you? Did you have a Switch and did you have a Wii and did you like were they all over the place? I
1: mean, yeah, sort of. Like For a while, we had like two Wiis in the house because like we thought that one of them was broken. And then all of a sudden it started working. <laughs> but then my sister kind of broke it again because like the Wii fell and one of the games got stuck in it. So it was just <laughs> that Wii was only for one game for a while.
0: <laughs> and did you, did you have a favorite game growing up that you obsessively played?
1: Um, I'd say so, but I'd only say like, it was like Pokemon Coliseum and Paper Mario and A Thousand yeah. Door. I only played those two because um, we had two memory cards and my siblings would keep overwriting my save files. So I'd have to oh. keep starting from the beginning. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Damn them. Uh, did you have a favorite Pokemon character?
1: Um... It's kind of hard, especially now, because there's like so many Pokemon. Um, I guess like when I played the mystery dungeon games, I like they have like a little quiz to be like, "What Pokemon are you?" And one time I got (laughs) Munchlax, and so I like felt really attached to (laughs) Munchlax for a while.
0: And and for some reason I like Charmander. I don't know why. I have no I have no attachment. I don't know really know anything about it to be honest with you, because I'm old now. (laughs) But still, I like the name. So um, so you grew up playing games, and your parents were supportive of that. Yeah. Um, Uh, did you have any other exposure to video games or you can, you know, when was the first time you thought, God, if I could design one of these, it'd be so awesome.
1: Well, honestly, for a long time, I didn't know that people made games that never like clicked in my head, even after (laughs) like, there was this one time in middle school where I was messing with like Adobe Flash because I would like to animate on there. But then I saw videos where you could make your own games. And I like, I followed the tutorial, but really I like copy and pasted code and was like, Mm -hmm. oh, snap, I made a game. But even then, it still didn't click that people make games and that this isn't just like a thing I did as a weird experiment.
0: (laughs) Right. So when was that first experience when you had that aha moment?
1: It was when I was going to NYU's Future Game Design program, which is like a high Mm -hmm. school program that I was in in sophomore year of high school. And- Basically, what happened was, like, um, it was, like, basically, uh, one day they brought in this guest speaker named Maddie Bryce, Mm -hmm. and she was telling us about, like, how people, like, the way people play games reflects, like, their personality and stuff, because you can, like, you know, in some games you can decorate your characters, or you can, like, choose how, like, your strategies and all of these other things. Um, But she also, like, talked about the engines that were made for certain games, Mm -hmm. and, like, that was when I was like, Ooh, I should search this up at home. And I saw that they were free Well, like some of them were free or some of them were like super cheap. And then that was when it clicked because I was like, wow, I can make games.
0: At home, <laughs> I mean, cool, right? I mean, that's amazing. Did you did you have any coding experience or any design experience?
1: Um, no. Anything that was related to coding, like that one time where I copy and pasted code, was like the only time. That was it. Yeah, all the other times, wow. I was really focusing on being an animator because that's what I thought I wanted to be for a long time.
0: Ah, uh, got it. So, do you grew up drawing on sketchbooks yeah. and doodling all over the place? Yep. And were you the type of of illustrator were you drawing characters or you know designs what was the thing that you found yourself naturally doing
1: yeah i made like just a bunch of characters like especially like when i started high school like almost every time it was math class i would somehow create a new character or like draw more characters interacting with each other having their own stories and stuff and it was a mess (laughs) especially for looking through my notes
0: Did you have to turn those notes into your teacher? And they would say like, um, Geneva.
1: most of the Probably time want to focus
0: more on the formulas Yep. Yeah, no, most of
1: the time no <laughs> okay
0: that, that, that's that's good and had you taken art classes when you were growing up
1: um so I had like an art class in middle school because it was just like an elective but when I went to high school I decided to go to art and design which is this art school in Manhattan and so mm. they even had like majors there so that's why I was like oh I'm gonna go to school and I'm gonna go do animation and then I was like animation is kind of exhausting games are better
0: <laughs> <laughs> why is that by the way just because of the time that it takes
1: i feel like yeah it's like with animation i'm like doing the same thing for several hours and i feel like making games it's kind of the same but for me since i kind of dabble all over the place i can switch mm-hmm. to drawing or programming writing or making music because like those are all things that go into right yeah that's games. totally
0: correct that i totally get that and when you were in school, did you gravitate towards a specific subject? Were you like, did you like math and science, or English and history, or?
1: Um, I feel like I didn't really gravitate because I was just like kind of okay with them all. I feel like, for example, I'd like English more if I liked the books I was reading, or I'd mm-hmm. um, math. I I think I liked it because it's like problem solving, and programming is a lot of problem solving, which I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I. I feel like I didn't have one place where I was like, all right, I love this specific class. This is the one I look forward to. I feel like what I look forward to is lunch to take a break.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I-, I asked the question because uh, a lot of creative students that I've met over the years don't always love school, yeah, but there are elements of their subjects that they like, so kind of like you said, like you kind of like math because of the problem solving and you kind of like art for the creative or the reading because of the storytelling, so it makes a lot of sense that video games would appeal to you because they bring all of these disciplines together, but you actually are able to make something it's not like you're sitting learning geometry for apparently no reason, yeah <laughs> right yeah so and and a lot of a lot of gamers or programmers have told me what's really. Interesting is when they create something and hit enter or whatever it is when they when they finish they actually see the product
1: Yeah, I think that's honestly my favorite part because it's just like Working hard to finally see like something come out of it
0: I can't I I can't imagine because I don't do any programming, but it sounds really cool. So what was the first game? that you tried or that you made?
1: Um, so like the first, I guess I'd consider official game that I made digitally was um, when I was at Nway's Future Game Design Program. Mm-hmm. So it was this game called Aphrodite's Calling and it was like a group project. But basically um, what me and my group member did, like my teammate did was make this game about a senator that was collecting apples from Aphrodite Wait no, it was a horse collecting (laughs) apples from Aphrodite to become a centaur, and like Ah. there were like different centaurs you could turn into that had different like power ups. It was kind of weird, but.
0: (laughs) And did you did you like mythology, or was that just a random like? I know what we should do.
1: I feel like we might have gotten a theme, but I don't exactly remember.
0: (laughs) That's fair. Yeah, it was so long ago—four years ago. Wow. Yeah.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: Unbelievable. So, okay, so you made this game and was it, how long did it take you to make that first game? Um, Were you there for a week or three weeks? Yeah, we were
1: there for a couple of weeks. Um, I don't exactly remember how many weeks we had, but I know it was like, uh, we had a few weeks to work on it and it was only on a Mm -hmm. Saturdays when we were there. So, yeah.
0: And when you were at this NYU program, how long did it take you to make this first game?
1: So it took a couple of weeks that we were like working on it i'm not i don't remember the like, specific number but i do know that um we were only there on saturdays so that was the only day we had oh. to work on it
0: got it so you were like you were already living in the city basically so you were just commuting yeah it was to the program it
1: was so long because from queens to brooklyn it takes like an hour or two to, to get especially on weekends
0: well, and and a lot of people uh, think that NYU is only in the city, but in actuality, the game design program is actually in the new, the newer building in Brooklyn, right? Yeah. So you had to go from burrow to burrow. How <laughs> fun for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So were you happy with this game or did it spark something in you? Say, wow, this is something I might want to continue doing.
1: Um, I feel like it wasn't the game that sparked like I want to keep like making games. It was just like mm-hmm. the program as a whole, because I feel like I learned like a lot and I like saw a lot from different people and like made cool friends there. And I think it was just, like, really cool. Like, what I think is even funnier is, like, one of the people that was in my class is, like, a junior at NYU's Game Center right now. So I feel like that program sparked a lot of us.
0: I think that's the purpose, actually, especially for, you know, that was the, the game program. I don't remember. It's it's not all that old yeah. uh, at NYU. And they're building it, right? So they want people to come into the industry. Yeah, yeah. So you go back to high school and now you're a junior and now are you making games? You said you found some engines and why don't you tell everybody what an engine actually is?
1: Yeah. So a game engine is like the actual like application that you open up on your computer that helps you make games. So there's a lot of different types because there's a lot of different genres. Like, are you going to make something like Mario? Are you going to make something where it's more story based? Um, And so there's like a couple of free engines out there like Twine for narrative based games, Renpy, which is like visual novel basically so it's narrative but like you can add your art in there and it's like really easy to use and then like Mm -hmm. the most popular one i'd say right now is unity because you can make 2d and 3d games
0: for free that's really cool and did you how did you learn how to use these engines
1: so for like twine and rempi I, i learned by watching tutorials and like going online in forums and trying to figure things out but for unity like i tried like i feel like at, um after the um, NYU program I kept trying to learn unity but I kept like getting confused being like this is too complicated um mm-hmm. so eventually when I was like in junior year um there were people who came to my school that were like oh we are the school of interactive arts we have a game design program for high schoolers and we teach unity and such and so forth and wow like, what, um, what like a lot of people when we were watching the showcase were worried about because it was like, oh, yeah, so we're gonna be here with you for like the rest of your high school career. And it, like, because like I was in my junior year and it was like, oh man, college and stuff. Like, a lot of people are like, well, Geneva, I don't know if you should join because like you need to focus on college and stuff. But I was like, no, no, this is gonna be fine because of, they had college advising, which I don't think I knew at the time. <laughs>
0: Nice. So you really went after what you wanted to do as opposed to like the safe route, go academic and get into colleges. You're like, no, this opportunity is right here. Yeah. Why not take advantage of it? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and it seems it seems to have worked out for you so far.
1: Yeah. Like, honestly, I feel like from that point on, like the rest of my high school career, I feel like of like, revolved around being like an SA because that was where I learned about the Games for Change Student Challenge and like the STEM National Video Game Challenge and a bunch of other opportunities that are like in the city and national and stuff like that, which I think was really great.
0: Nice. So let's talk about those. So what are, what is the, stem challenge and the game challenge what are they
1: so the national stem video game challenge was like a contest that happened in 2017 and a few years prior but i don't think it happens anymore but Basically, it was like a competition where people could, mm-hmm. well, students, like high school students and I believe middle school students could enter their games for specific themes. Whether it's like based on the engine you're using, based on like what's the overall meaning of the game and things like that. Um, and then the National, uh, national, the Games for Change Student Challenge is like, like it happens in a few states. I know it happens in, um, I believe, New York and California think i'm not entirely sure but it happens in like about four states and basically it's to push high school students and middle school students to make games that can help make an impact on problems that are happening in the world so in 2017 i made this game called green hero that was basically like all right like here's a hero without powers trying to battle climate change in like these little ways and basically what i wanted for the game for it to be like, WarioWare-esque, so, like, having, like, these mini-games inside the game. So, basically, you're one mini-game, you're planting trees to, like, you know, create more oxygen. Like, there's a lot of air pollution around. <laughs> That's um, awesome. And uh, there's uh, the second one, which is basically you're, you're in, like, the main villain's uh, house where you're trying to turn off all the electronics because they have every electronic in their house turned on. <laughs>
0: I mean that. I mean, that's funny. Uh, I love the fact that they have no powers whatsoever. It's the anti-Marvel. Yeah. It's like let's get re- let's get real here. Let's talk about the real villainy out in the world. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's amazing. And and how long? First of all, why did you choose this as your topic? Where did environmentalism come from?
1: So I feel like like can't remember what the other themes were but for climate change I feel like it like means a lot to me because like as you can like see you can turn on the TV the world is going through some mess right now like and I felt like this would be really important to like make a game about and also because like I feel like sometimes people don't like Like, understand things or care about things because it's like, uh, but like, I have to do a bunch of research and that's boring. And I was like, well, if I can make this like a fun experience where it's like Mm -hmm. you can learn stuff that you can do, like, literally right now, like, I I felt really attracted to doing something like that.
0: I mean, that's great too, because if you can teach kids at an early age to form good habits, they're going to continue those habits, you know, on throughout their life. So that's amazing. And, How long from start to finish do you think it took to make this game?
1: Um, I I feel like it took like... 2 to 3 months but I can remember I like would take a lot of time after school going to the SAA, like because they had like open office hours and being like oh mm-hmm. I need help with this bug or oh I'm just sitting here because like at home since I have like three siblings and then I have cousins who come by sometimes it's <laughs> not a good place to be working <laughs> like it's very loud so I wanted like a quiet place where I can like get help if I needed it um, but yeah it took a, a while
0: And, you know, was it just, oh, I had this idea and I sat down and it took me a couple or a few months and look at the game? Or was it, you know, continually learning or having to learn something new and work out the bugs and things like that?
1: Yeah, I feel like... For some reason, like with this, with that first idea, it kind of came naturally to me. But definitely, mm-hmm. when I was like, "Oh, I want to do this thing," it was a big learning experience for me because I was just learning, like, "Oh, so this is how you switch scenes. Oh, this is how you like uh make someone like speed up, like do a dash type of thing, or other things mm-hmm. like that." Yeah.
0: So, was there ever a time that you didn't want to finish, or that you doubted yourself as to whether you could ever finish it?
1: Um. I'm not really sure because I feel like since I was like my first, I feel like that was my first like finished, polished project I made at that program. Mm. And because like I felt so comfortable there and like I felt really supported, I was like, Mm -hmm. all right, I'm going to do this and this is going to get done. Like I'm sure I might have been stressed about like school and other outside stuff. But I feel like Mm -hmm. because I kept going to the office to just be like, all right, I'm going to calm down and we're going to work on this game (laughs) and it's going to be okay. (laughs)
0: and and do you find that when you're making a game that you get completely and totally hyper focused where you forget about everything else in your life and you can just focus on that
1: i'd say for the most part yeah it's like just like it it, i'd say it uh depends on like you know if i'm in the right space where i'm like all right i can focus here if i'm like not stressed about a bajillion things that might be happening the day after
0: Mm, and things mm -hmm. like that but yeah And so what was the feeling like when you actually ran the game and it worked for the first time?
1: It felt felt pretty great. I was just like, yes, I am done. This is complete.
0: (laughs) And did anybody play it right away? Did you see their reaction or did you test it out? Oh,
1: it's like I I think I was the only one who tested it because I didn't like think about letting other people play test it like i feel like at that age i was very like oh i'm too scared to show it to anyone besides like the people Mm -hmm, who are helping me so yeah like even like my parents and my siblings never played it until like the of like festival that happened like where people were like all right we're gonna give out awards and yeah
0: (sighs) that's really common actually a lot of artists or creators that I've interviewed or know, they, they don't want to, sh- they would rather show a random adult their work because they don't know that person than show their family or their friends yeah. because then they know they got to hear about it. They got to hear about why it might be wrong or they might feel that they're going to be judged, right? And that's very common. So it doesn't really surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So you enter this game for this challenge, right? Yeah. And you, so, and then what, how long do you wait to hear something?
1: Um, so I think for Games for Change it was due in May but the STEM challenge might have been due earlier but I just remember I submitted submitted the game to both competitions at the same time Mm. and I hear about Games for Change I'm pretty sure close to June because June is usually when they have their award ceremony and um, the STEM challenge I I think they, they might have emailed my parents or something about it and then I found out about it like still, like, probably before Games for Change, but like in around the same time. But I was.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, did you have any expectation that you were going to win? No.
1: <laughs> this is my first time like submitting to like any contest, I feel like. Yeah
0: i mean how cool is that you're just sitting around one day don't expect anything and then all of a sudden you get the call you're like oh by the way yeah you won first place
1: yeah that was like wow like i mean like for games for change it was because like um they just said that i was a nominee and that to come to the event but for the stem challenge they were like yes you've won for i think (sighs) it was the it might have been the unity category but i'm not entirely sure but yeah it was it was still amazing
0: Was there prize money too?
1: For the STEM challenge, yes. For Games for Change, at that year, they hadn't started giving out prize money, but they invited me to the Games for Change Festival, which was really amazing.
0: And tell us about that. Yeah,
1: so... That was like my first time going to a games festival, and it was also my first time speaking because they invited me to speak at one of wow. their panels, which I was like, whoa, I didn't think I would be doing this for several years, and here I am. Because you're a
0: junior, right? You're at the end of your junior year, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, I was super yeah, surprised. All right,
0: that's, and where was this, where was the, the conference?
1: Um, The conference was at, it was in New York, so at the New School Parsons, like in the oh, like sure. in that area basically um and it was just like really amazing like i got to meet a lot of people i got to play a lot of games they also like had like an after event for vr world so that was really cool i haven't like did a like at at that point in time i never really messed with vr much so that was really interesting Mm
0: -hmm. Um, nice so these connections that you made at these presentations and these conferences, have you kept in touch with them?
1: It's like I sort of have, or at least I've been like following certain people on social media and being sure to like support them and things like that. But yeah,
0: it's been a- Yeah. Okay. So a lot of times like you bump into somebody in college that you met two years before randomly, yeah. you know, it's just like the more connections you make. And, and I think you'll find this too, when you get even older, somebody that you met four years ago will pop up someplace. Yeah. Like, I remember you, <laughs> which is great. Okay, so you win this award at the end of your junior year, and now you are starting to think about college. Yeah. And did this really validate your desire? Hey, you know what? I really want to go into game design. Or did you have second thoughts? Or were you having other people tell you, you know, maybe that's not the way you should go?
1: No, I was just like, I was just like a train just chugging towards game design, like further and faster and faster. Like
0: (laughs) that was it. That was really like, hey, I actually have talent in this. I can do this.
1: Yeah. And like, I feel like even like, because when it was time to like start preparing for um college and whatnot, I was like, all right, I'm gonna like put together my portfolio. I'm gonna like because um just from all of, like, that experience from making the game and also being in that program, I found out about, like, websites that hold, like, little events and things like that. Like, mm-hmm. there's things called game jams, which are basically, you know, you're making a game in a short amount of time. And there a lot mm-hmm. of them happen online. Some of them happen in person. But I joined a few online ones, like, in the summer after I did... Um, after like the games for change festival and stuff i remember i made like a character creator and like i eventually made like some like interactive fiction games and things like that and i was like all right i'm building up my portfolio i'm gonna be ready for this
0: (laughs) nice and and how did you balance i i don't know if this is true for you but video game designers i know it starts to take over their life uh, because it takes so much time so how are you balancing making these games and going to school so
1: I feel like, well, specifically in the summer, because I think I was like, I was like, SAA also runs through the summer. So I I think I was also there, but specifically when school started I know that I started using programs that like I can be like okay I'm recording my time and I'm like I have a planner so I can be like okay so at this hour I'm gonna do this and this hour I'm gonna do that Mm -hmm, and things mm -hmm. like that and I try to just like get most of my any homework I knew I had done early sometimes in school because like we kind of like specifically senior year I feel like was a very calm year for me. And I tried to make sure like in the summer I got my schedule and I was like, no, 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 no. no. I'm not taking any APs this year. This is senior year I'm focusing on games. That is it. okay
0: that's actually a really important point uh, since my my job for the last 15 years has been a college counselor mm-hmm. you just said that you chose not to take aps for the last focus year. <laughs> on for the last year <laughs> but yet you still got into NYU and you i believe you got a full scholarship yes is that right Right. So the reason why this is important to people listening to this is because everyone thinks, oh my God, I have to take every AP class every single year to have an opportunity to go to quote, a select school. No. But in actuality, if you have a passion or a talent, you do need to balance. It's not like you don't have to take yeah. challenging classes, but it's really about developing that skill set, right? Because your portfolio was probably one of the more important parts of that application.
1: Yeah. I feel like that and also like Besides focusing on my portfolio, I was also focusing on making my SAT grade go up. Like I took the SAT several Mm -hmm. times because I was like, (laughs) my grades are good. I'm working on my portfolio. SAT is the only thing that I'm like, you know. Uh,
0: That was smart, though. You were prioritizing. Yeah. Got it. And so did you apply early decision to NYU? Yep nice (laughs) so that means you applied by november 1st and you got in by the middle of december and you were done
1: (laughs) yeah basically what happened was like i like set up everything because i was like okay i'm gonna apply to nyu first and i'm gonna have all these other applications ready so like if i have to like do extra stuff to apply if i don't get a full ride i'll Mm -hmm. do that but once i saw i got a full ride i was like all right i'm done I'm not playing anywhere else.
0: (laughs) So did you have to, did you have to, I know my, I had to wait uh, to, my dad was sitting with me in a McDonald's parking lot. I remember and he said, you know, if you get into Stanford, I don't think you're going to be able to go. We're not going to be able to pay for it. So I had to wait and wait and wait for my financial aid uh, to come through. And then I was like, oh, thank God. Oh yes, they gave me money. Yeah, Right. Was that the same thing for you? You had to wait. do You yep. apply to a specific scholarship, or was oh, it just filling out? No,
1: up? it was just like when I like saw that I got accepted, I looked at the financial aid, and because I already gave it, and it was it was a full ride. Like after, because I didn't re- even realize it at first because I was just like, okay, that's a lot of money, but but what does that mean? <laughs>
0: well, that's amazing because NYU is well known to be one of, if not the most expensive college in America. Yeah. So thank you very much, NYU. Yeah. <laughs> let me ask you about you know traditionally the video game industry has been traditionally male Mm -hmm. Uh, i would say probably traditionally white males white men i am one but you know but it's is it have you found nowadays that it's still a challenge not being in the majority to get into the industry or being accepted or is it better now
1: i'd say it depends on a lot of different things So, for example, like, when it comes to, like, people of different genders, um, sometimes they don't accommodate, like, you know, being like, oh, what pronouns do you want to be referred to as and what Mm -hmm. this and what that do you want? Um, I think that specifically sometimes, like, people can get in the industry, but then it's hard for them to stay there because then, like, some studios have just toxic culture or some studios Uh just don't like because they're like used to just having like the majority there once they have someone who's not of the majority they can't like feel comfortable and they can't like connect with other people so i feel like Uh yeah it's like the uh, the games industry definitely has a lot of work to do but i also feel like there's a lot of game developers out there there are a a while a wide diverse amount of game developers out there that just people don't know about
0: Got it. And so, do you think that over the next 10 years, it's going to continue to evolve and change?
1: Yeah. And I hope that it changes for the better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, I know. I To be honest with you, that's why I love this podcast, because I want to get the message out there. Uh, we've had girls on who, um, or I should say women, but now because they're in their 20s. Everybody's younger than me. Uh, but, you know, there are... Women out there who are in STEM, who are in engineering, I've had authors on, I, now we have game design, and, you know, they all have a message for other girls or other women who want to get into this and saying, listen, you can do this, you know, no matter what, you know, you might be the only person in your calculus class in your high school, but that doesn't mean anything. I can serve as a model for you to just kind of show you the way. Yeah. Yeah, that's the goal anyway. So thank you for, <laughs> I appreciate it. So. No uh, so you know now you are are actually in a video game program yeah well it's, it's it's well known and you know I I was talking to you before you also told me that you want to promote inclusivity among your around your games yeah. why is that
1: so I just feel like you know like it's hard to see a lot of people that are like people of color it's hard to see like a bunch of LGBT people in games and it's mm-hmm. frustrating and like I feel like the main reason like that became like my main focus is like that sophomore year like end of sophomore year beginning of junior year like time frame where I was trying to figure out how to make games on my own I was finding online communities and I was finding games that other people were making and I was like wow this is so good like oh my gosh Mm -hmm. people like it's really sad because like some games that like are near and dear to my heart a lot of people don't know about because it's like created by these small creators online and things like that
0: right Right. And so what games have you designed um, in the last couple of years?
1: Um, Oh my goodness. That's a lot. (laughs) So I guess like, so after Green Hero, like I said, I made a character creator for a game jam called like, I dream of OCs. Like, so I dream of original characters. Um, Hmm. And then I made a I made this interactive fiction game called Saturday Fright. So it's like you're playing as this monster girl going to a party. But like every time you talk to someone, it becomes like a battle and you have to like type out the right words <laughs> to like attack. <laughs> um, and yeah.
0: That sounds like high school, actually. That's, uh, yeah, that's amazing. Okay. Yeah.
1: So I really enjoyed making that. A lot of people seem to like it, which I. It I was like, oh, wow, thanks. <laughs>
0: well, how do, you, how do they know about it? Like, how do they get access? Oh,
1: so it's like on the site called itch.io. So that's usually where I like upload all of my games. And like mm-hmm. they host game jams on that site. So I submitted that game for like this monster type themed game jam that was happening. In- Got it. Um, and so then people like saw and like re- re- like gave it like ratings and stuff. And it was really nice
0: that's cool yeah okay so there's the monster girl yeah uh what else what else have you made so
1: then after that was when i uh was like i guess basically i was in this game jam called yuri jam in 2018 and so that was when i started making this game called skate and date which would i was like all right this is going to be like my main portfolio piece because like making a rhythm game is so hard it is like bananas and like specifically like the teacher i had that year he was like kind of trying like he wasn't trying to just give me the straight answer to like figure out my problems he was like trying to like help me like understand Mm. like specifically how sound works and how to like make things literally to the beat and i like got to learn a lot of cool audio stuff because of that which was nice
0: that's cool Um,
1: But yeah, so basically I was like, all right, I really love rhythm games. So like things like that's Guitar Hero or Dance Dance Revolution and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I like roller skating and I was like, all right, I'm going to just put them together. And so that's um, how Skate and Date came about, which is basically a roller derby rhythm game dating sim. That's a lot of words. <laughs> what? <laughs> but.
0: <laughs> that, I don't know. I honestly, I do not think that's ever been done in the history of gaming. <laughs> Those combinations of words together. Yeah. <laughs> Let me go back to ask, what you, roller skating? How yeah. did you get exposed to roller skating? Um,
1: I feel like what I think is really funny is like my family likes to watch like mo- old movies like over and over again so i remember just like i have a vivid memory of just watching this movie called roll bounce and i was like oh man i like roller skating because like this movie's so cool and like they're doing these cool dance battles um and so um but also just sometimes for birthday parties we would go roller skating at a roller rink uh, like Somewhere in Long Island, I think.
0: But yeah. So I didn't know they still had those. That's awesome. I think
1: there's like one in Brooklyn too, but I haven't been there. But yeah, so that's how I was like, all right, I like roller skating. Let me like combine this stuff together. And so basically you're playing as this high schooler named Maggie who's like dodging people to the beat of the music, like when she's doing the roller derby stuff. But there's also a story to it because she's like trying to impress a girl on the other team.
0: I mean, I I, I seriously kind of want to play that right now. (laughs) I just want to, I I just, I just do. I want to see what that's like. So is it, have you finished that game?
1: It's not complete yet. It's like most of the way there. It's just been like, I feel like as of late, it's been even harder to balance things because I have like right now, like SA the program I went to, I'm working there. And then I have school and then the game. And then I also have like... I'm a part of this internship at the studio called glow up games. So I'm like a programmer there. And I thought it was only going until um, the end of the uh, fall semester, but they were like, Hey, we want to keep you for the spring semester, which I was like, Oh, that's great. But now I'm like, I mean, okay, that's kind of awesome. Yeah. But now I'm like, how
0: did you, for those out there, how did you get that internship?
1: So basically NYU sends out a lot of opportunities all the time. And so one of the professors at the game center, uh was sending out like, oh, I'm looking for internships for my studio. And so that's how I like applied. And now I'm working there and it's been really cool
0: so let me get this straight so you are going to classes you are volunteering back at the program that incubated you basically (laughs) you're going on an internship and then in your spare time you're making this rhythm game which is one of the more complicated things to create
1: yeah so i mean like most of like the base stuff is done it's just about like fixing bugs and polishing certain things that i'm working on right now because i really want to have it released for this year Like I've been working on it for three years now. Um, Wow. Another thing like that I didn't get to mention is like the program that I was a part of, like they choose two seniors each year to launch a Kickstarter, which is like a a crowdfunding campaign so people can Uh give money and stuff. Um, And so I launched my Kickstarter game that year. I was lucky enough to be chosen and like be one of like projects we love and stuff. It was crazy. Um, But yeah, so I want.
0: How much how much money did you raise?
1: Um. I feel like it was like 2000 something. I cannot remember.
0: <laughs> and what was that? And that was to go to to like be able to make the game?
1: Yeah, so basically to like, I wanted to like officially release this. So like on Steam, like there's a Steam page for it now because that's one of the official stores. Also to making any merchandise that I would send out to backers. And then also mm. for like, um, I was able to like showcase at a lot of places. Um, And this was for which game? Oh, Skate
0: and Date. Oh, this is for Skate and Date? So you ran the the Kickstarter for this? Yeah. Because that actually got to my, That was going to get to my next question, so thank you, (laughs) which is, you know, for people making a game out there, you've got this amazing game you've spent years making and how do you get it out into the world, right? And so you're saying that you put it on there are different sites that can showcase the games basically and can you charge for the game or is it everything free oh
1: no yeah you can charge for games like so far I've like just had everything free because like there were smaller games there were games that I made while I was in high school Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah for Skate and Date when it's officially released I'm going to be selling it like professionally.
0: Got it. And so and there's, so there's some marketing involved mm-hmm. there too. So is that Instagram? Again, you have merch. How are you going to set the to let everybody know about it? So other than this awesome <laughs> podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, there's like Twitter and Instagram. There's reaching out to like Let's players on YouTube. That's like mm-hmm. I think that was like Like, I reached out to some people when I was, like, getting ready to launch the Kickstarter because, like, um, my teachers were like, this would be good practice because you'll have to do this later on. (laughs) Um, And I'm also reaching out to, like, anyone who, like, writes things about, like, indie games and things like that. So, yeah.
0: Got it. And I imagine that it it makes sense to... Reach out to reviewers yeah. and people like that because you get in a relationship with them and you give them a little teaser. Here's my Kickstarter campaign. And then when you finish the game, you're gonna be able to go back to them and say, Hey, would you check it out now? Yeah. You know, they're kind of already mini fans, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's that's fantastic. And you're you're only a sophomore now at NYU, yep. right? So you've got two more years to work on things as well. Yeah. Do you have do you have a big goal? Because I know or I've heard and you can speak to this, you know, the video game industry is weird. Yeah, You've got very, very big companies who make a lot of the games and then you have all these small little upstarts, whether it be individuals or small creative studios. What is it that you see yourself doing and what would be the best possible scenario?
1: Gosh, that's what I'm still like kind of trying to figure out because it's like, I love doing like independent work and like working in small like groups and things like that but i've never gotten to experience like any AAA studios and things like that i've been applying to internships so i can like figure out that and figure out if that's Mm -hmm. something i'd be interested in but like Mm -hmm. so far i'm still like nope i think i would be like i would love to work at an indie studio or start my own something like that
0: nice and i can't wait to see we'll follow up with you in two years (laughs) when you graduate to see what the heck that you're doing Um, let me ask you the questions that I ask every guest, which are, so how much of your success so far do you feel is natural talent and how much do you think is hard work?
1: So I feel like, I feel like it's probably more hard work than natural talent because it's like. I guess for like my ideas, it's just like, I'm just trying to think, I'm trying to just mash things together that I like. I'm trying, like, I feel like a lot of games I'm sort of almost making for me that, but like what I like a lot of other Mm. people like, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But then like I put in a lot of hard work by like, you know, for example, like with music stuff, I don't know a lot about music. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll see if I can take classes at school or I'll practice and like look up YouTube videos. I'm like doing a lot of um work just trying to either get help from other people, get help from online, um, practice on my own time and things like that. Um, Yeah. So that's what I feel.
0: That's a great answer. So let me ask you the next one. If you could give advice to an 11 or 15 year old listening to this, who might be interested in game design, what would it be?
1: Um, I guess what I'd tell them is like, one, see if there's any cool opportunities in your area. I know that there's Girl Make Games, that there's Girls Who Code. There's a lot of like, um, like middle school and high school programs for making games. I'd say like if you're in middle school or high school, it's like apply to the Games for Change Student Challenge. It doesn't hurt to try. It doesn't hurt to like, like have yourself have this be your time to be like, all right, I'm gonna make a game in Scratch. People ma- make games in Scratch all the time, which is like a website online that's free where you can drag and drop things to, you know, make games. Um, mm-hmm. I'd say um, definitely like uh, what I'd also say is like, you know, maybe try to manage your time or and don't be hard on yourself. If you're like, all right, today I'm going to learn how to program and then you try and then you get frustrated and give up. Don't be upset that you gave up. Like give yourself some time to like like figure out what went wrong and then maybe think of like how you could approach that in a better way and things like that. Like, especially like I have, Oh, I have a 12 year old little brother right now. And like, mm-hmm. you know, if he wanted to make games, I would say, all right, I can like help teach you. Or I could be like, here's some resources that are online. Online has a lot of other stuff that you can like learn. i see people on forums sometimes being like, I'm 13 and I want to like learn C++. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's not hard. Just go and give things a try.
0: That's fantastic advice because I, I, I've met a lot of kids over the years who do get started and they, like when you said in the beginning, like at the beginning, you didn't know how to use Unity yeah and it's complicated and it gets frustrating and they, they, they have this d- design to make a game, but they they kind of stop because they kind of hit a wall. But it's okay that, you know, in the beginning, if you're making something that isn't amazing, that's the steps that you have to take in order to build, to get to amazing, right? Even if you fail a bunch of times, that's the way that you learn.
1: Yeah, and I feel like one last thing I'll add is like if anyone's listening from like New York or New Jersey or Connecticut and they can travel to Manhattan, like that's the School of Interactive Arts, we have applications open all the time. You can come in the summer, you can come during the fall, You know? Yeah. Nice.
0: Uh, You're a good spokesperson. I understand why they wanted you. They wanted you part of it. Um, Geneva, what is the biggest obstacle that you think that you faced so far in getting to where you are right now?
1: Ooh, like the biggest obstacle just along my journey? Yes. Okay. So I feel like I'm very, very hard on myself sometimes. Like for a Mm -hmm. while, like when I first started, I was like, oh yeah, I'm just like learning and it'll be fine. but like I know that after I submitted to the Games for Change competition, like the second year in 2018, I like stopped, I like once I like knew I got into college and I was done with high school and I graduated and stuff, I kind of just started dropping like the habits I had because I was like, all right, I don't have to be stressed anymore. But then I would mm-hmm. be angry at myself for being like, oh, well, why aren't you uh, planning all the things you need to do while I was also like starting to work at SA? So I was working like nine to five on like during the summer, since the summer classes are like five days a week. And I was mm-hmm. exhausted and I was like, oh, I should be making games. And I'm like, no, I need to sleep. And it's like, I feel like the obstacle is like learning that I, if I need to rest, I need I need to rest. I need to like listen to my body or else it'll backfire and I'll just be sick and not working on stuff.
0: <laughs> that, that, that is good advice, actually. And you're also probably more creative when you're relaxed. Yeah. Right. When you are taking care of yourself, it's hard to get those ideas flowing when you're stressed all the time. Yeah. Geneva, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I really appreciate having you. And I, we look forward to sort of tracking your progress in the years to come.
1: All right. Thank you for having me.
0: If you want to learn more about the specific steps our guests took to follow their dreams, go to our website, dannyruderman.com, and become an XUVIP. You will not only get access to all our episodes, but you will also be able to download free guides that have step-by-step action plans and resources that will help you become extraordinary. If you want to tell us your story or ask for help, go to dannyruderman.com slash your story or reach out via Instagram at dmruderman. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And while you're there, please leave us a review. Extraordinary You is produced by Anna Darling. Music by Geom. Sound editing by Rob Perra. Extraordinary You is a production of Acast.